family, maybe your workplace, wherever you are, don't see you with that title, that name, a child of God. But one day when we see him, we shall be like him and they will recognize child of God. Recognize today we are children of God. Amen. There's no title greater than that name and the love that he has lavished on us. And the disciples, when they were with John, I mean with Jesus, they were going and they came back with a testimony after he had sent them out. Even the demons were subject to us. And what did Jesus say? Don't rejoice in that, but that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. That our names are written down that we are children of God today, right now. In our circumstance, he is powerful to bring a breakthrough. Hallelujah. I just, well, um, if it's possible, just to quickly run that video of, with no sound. Um, there's sound in it, and it's Andrew. He wrote a song, um, but uh, he, I did it in church without his permission, and he was, didn't, wasn't. So anyway, so this right now is the building um, that has been built for the school. Um, Pastor Joe didn't see this, so this is all what is uh, what has been taking place. More has been taking place since we have been in the U.S. than when we were over there. Um, God provided within a few couple of months that we were here all the money for the school building. So these are just pictures of the school going up since we have been here. I believe we did this video in August. Um, so from August, the building was completed and. F- September, uh, through August, September, and um, we were fighting to get the school open with the whole pandemic that was going. All the schools in Malawi were closed down. We are one of the first private schools to be open because of this building that God has provided. So we praise God. We had to do a lot. I praise God for the people, that the indigenous people that God has raised up with us, that we have been able to train. They are carrying on the work over there while we are here, being able to raise the funds to send to continue. So there was a lot that had to happen, but they're meeting. Because the building is so big, we were just meeting in a small one-room schoolhouse and some smaller, like, it was sheds, really, is what it was, that now we're able to have that. They had to fumigate before the kids could start. But um, October 4th, uh, 5th, or one of those dates was the first date the school was open. The kids were there with their masks on, and they had benches. But we praise God for what he's doing over there that you're a part of. So we just thank you so much. Um, This just shows around just part of it. but you, we really don't need to see the whole thing. We just wanted to testify about everything. And that's what you're a part of. The wall was done. The gate went up. And then we went right into the building of uh, being able to get this pre-K and kindergarten uh, classroom up. So, uchala, avasaye, sana, hey, hey, hey. So, um, I just want to ask my husband. I want to make sure, because I can, I can talk and talk. and So, I want to make sure my husband has enough time. So, Good morning. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Um, how do we get this? 
Thank you. God is good. And all the time? And thus, thus is the nature. He never changes good all the time. You know, men can be good sometimes, but sometimes they can change. But God never changes. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Um, I, I just want to thank um, the pastor and the whole leadership of the church and uh, the whole body just for letting us to come and uh, be with you this morning. And what a wonderful thing to be in the house of the Lord, enjoying the presence of God. And may his name be blessed and be magnified. Amen? And it is not wasted or is not an accident for you and I to be in the house of the Lord. I know God has got something special for us. And he speaks to us. And he has been speaking to us through worship as we were worshiping uh, him. And uh, even the time of fellowship, just being together, is one of the powerful things as well. Fellowship with one another. And as we know that that fellowship is more strong as we join with him, as he is present. Amen? God is good. Um, this morning, uh, we will be uh, looking into the, the word, into the gospel of John. I know it has not been easy and um, one or the other one would say, uh, sometimes we plan to do things in a different way while God is having a different way of doing things. Um, you know, I have been studying uh, some things whereby I was planning to share with us today. And uh, my daughter mentioned last week I was preaching to one of the church. Then my daughter was like, you know, Dad, as we are going to another church, you can preach the same message. <laughs> he said, you can preach the same message. And because it's different church, you know? And I'm like, that's, that's good. But, you know, in different churches, you, you can go to one church and God will give the message according to how he wants to mean how to speak to the church. So we can't, I can't really say, okay, this is the message I will use. Or I may use, but I'm not sure about that. But, you know, during the time of preparation and uh, praying, then I say, studying one of the scriptures, I say, this is, wow, this is awesome. And everything was going very well and putting together and studying. 
Man. Then all of a sudden things changed. That's the last minute. And I would not really go with that. And as I was praying, there is one little grip which just came. But in all the time I was trying to go, I would not really comprehend and understand. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And in other words, I would say, I have not really, even though I tried to, um, to look into it and study, but it was, not, was different than the other days whereby you come to study. It's like, wow, you just feel like even on the ground, enjoying of while you are studying. But this was different. So what came was about um, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. So that's what we will be talking uh, this morning. John, chapter 15. And we will lead from verse 1 to 8. And I know... This is very familiar from each and every one of us in this passage of Scripture. So that's what we will be talking today. But yet, I don't know, and you don't know, but I believe that God has got something special in this Scripture for us this morning. You know, it's hard sometimes to be able to understand the heart of someone or to understand my heart, but it's only God who understands and knows our hearts. And when he brings something to us, and he knows that that is best and good for us. Amen? John chapter 15, verse 1 uh, through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will 
be my disciples. That you will be my disciples. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless you for this wonderful morning. We praise you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for who you are, Lord. You are wonderful. You are great God. You know our hearts. We pray that God, you minister to our lives. You speak to our lives. Whether it is to exhort us, we are ready, oh God. Whether it is to rebuke us, oh God, we are led, oh God. Whatever you want to speak to our lives today, we pray that God let your will. As our plans and purpose go down, then let your plan and your will go higher. We thank you and we honor you for who you are. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. The Gospel of John is very unique, is very special. And this is very wonderful book and divine book whereby John, even though we have different Gospels, but yet, the book of John is really giving and going in details, explaining on how Christ is and who Christ is. And comparing with other um, gospel, explain, but there are some things whereby are being skipped, but yet John is going in details because he was right there witnessing on what was happening with Christ. And he gives so much details about who Christ is. Then we see in the book of, in the book of John, chapter 12, then he gives the details about the prediction that Christ will be betrayed and he will be crucified. He will be going in some situation to the time whereby he will go through persecution. And when we go in chapter 13, then we see Jesus as he is about to go uh, to the part of being crucifixion, then he gives some details of sitting with disciples together washing the feet of the old disciples, and whereby we see this one of the handsome men whose name is called Peter, he said, well, as you will be washing my feet, I don't want you to wash only my feet. I want you to wash me. The whole body should be clean. You see, this is just the life of Peter. Then Jesus said, no, you can't be washed the whole body because you are already clean. Those who have been served, those who have been joined with me, they have been cleansed by the word which I have spoken to you. You are clean. Those who have bath, they don't want to wash their whole body, but only their feet, because you are clean. So this is what Jesus is speaking to them. But when we go in chapter 14, 
Then Jesus is speaking to them to say, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Everyone who comes to the Father must come through me. And yet some of them, even though they were with Jesus, Jesus Christ explaining to them, they walked with him for all this long period of time, they could not really comprehend of what Jesus was trying to teach them. Until this time whereby they come in chapter 14, chapter 14 he said, I am the way. Because some did not know that who really Jesus was. Then Jesus is trying to give them the details, information of who really he was. And when we come in chapter 15, whereby Jesus is giving now the details that he, I am. He said, I am the vine. I am the true vine. And this is the detail he is giving to them that they should understand who Christ was and that he was the true vine and also joined with God the Father. And he said, without me, there's nothing you can do. And this is Jesus Christ explaining to them who really he was. And as we know that in this gospel, then Jesus is mentioning what he's talking about being, I am the true vine. We all have an understanding, maybe we don't, although we have an understanding of that in Israel was very common to be able to have vines whereby they could get grapes and which is still happening even today. And when we go in Old Testament, then it's frequently giving the picture Israel as a vine or a vineyard, but whereby typically it leaves us a negative. When we come in, in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21, whereby say, God said, I had planted you as a knob, vine, a seed of highest quality. And how then, and this is whereby it's like negative, say, how then have you turned before me into degenerate of an alien vine? He said, how then have you turned? Now you are giving the fruit which you should not be giving. And when we go in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 7, he gives the same detail about the vine. He gives about the details about the vine or the vines which the owner planted, but yet he worked around it and fertilized, dug around and thinking that he will get some fruit from it. But yet, what it ended up giving was not the right fruit the owner was looking for. It was bad fruit. Then Jesus is giving the same information. Right from Old Testament, as Israel they are the kind of the people, the seed or the vine, which God is calling them 
to say, you are the highest quality I have chosen, but they failed to be that quality. They failed to be that vine which God was looking to get them. As they failed, then now we see that God is putting the other seed which comes from the same line that which will qualify to be a true vine and get some good fruit from it. That is Jesus Christ who is covering the section or the area which the Israel failed to manage. But now Jesus said, I am sending the true vine which will be able to accomplish which you failed to do. That is Jesus now who is explaining who he is. He said, I am the true vine. Amen. And we see that in this passage of scripture, there are some two, there are some four actors in this drama. Four actors in this drama. Then we see that there is Father, and we have Jesus, who is a true vine, and we have disciples, who are the branches. And also we have those who do not abide in Christ and whereby they are called, they are useless branches. And we have these four dramas in this actor. They are wonderful actors in this drama. But yet, we see what is the father actually doing? The father is the vine dresser. In other way, we would say the father on all these vines, and yet we see that the true vine, who is Jesus Christ, he is joined with the father. He has what they plan to do. Then in other people would say, maybe the father is more superior than the vine. Then yet we, know, we understand and we see that the Father and Jesus Christ, the Son, he said, we are one. You can't relate. They say, we are one. But yet, in their, act, in their possibility of acting, they act in a different section. But yet, they are one. And you can't really separate, separate and it's beyond explanation on how they are joined together. Then the father is lovely. He cares about the dig around, fertilize, and cares, the love on all this sect of like taking care of this vine which is planted that makes sure that it is well to be able to feed in the ground. We see that the vine are able to feed in the ground. And yet we see the father and the son, they are synced together. They work together. Then out of that, then we see the branches are connected or are synced to the vine. Then also, then we see that this vine, is connected with the branches. Then with, without the vine, then the branches can function by itself and can do nothing, can produce nothing. But now we say, 
as I am the vine, you are to abide in me. You are to abide in me. And um, then some people will talk about their fruit, all of their disciples. When he talks about all this drama, all these things which are in this passage, they will say this message is presented to unbeliever. There is nothing to do with unbeliever here. There's nothing to do with outside people. But this message is about people who believe already. These are people who believe. And Jesus Christ was addressing this to the disciples. Those who were disciples, Christian, those who believed. But in all these people who believed in him, but is now addressing to them of who he was to them. Then if we go in John chapter 12 and verse 23 and 26, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a glen of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does, it produces much fruit. There is nothing to do with an outsider but about the people who are believers, who are saved. Then later we will be able to look when people who believe, the fruit of people who believe, and how many people are in the, in that category of those who believe, and yet they are able, the category of how they produce their fruit in their lives. And that's the fruit whereby Christ is looking right there. What is the fruit which Jesus Christ is mentioning? And what are the aspects of all this fruit? I mean, we have different kind of fruit whereby we may think of which is mentioned in the Bible, but it can be leading someone to Christ. And that's part of their fruit, leading someone to Christ. In Romans chapter 1, verse 13, living your life like Christ and living for Christ, not just for yourself, but to live to praise Christ and what Christ could do. Then his mission was to share that other people in the world would come to know God. Then what about us? What kind of fruit are we supposed to share? Also, we have the mission to be able to share the gospel with others that they would come to know Christ. And it is the same with Jesus Christ did the mission which he had to share with others. And also we have in the, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, whereby say the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we know that there is a work which is being done by the flesh, and here we are talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and we know all those fruit of the Holy Spirit, whereby it says joy. He said joy, the love, joy, peace, and gentleness, kindness, goodness, all this fruit of the Holy Spirit being faithful. All this is the 
fruit of the Holy Spirit. All those things are to be found in us as believers. Those are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the time when Jesus Christ was about to ascend to heaven. Then he said, I will send, I will go to the Father, and later you will, I will send the, the Holy Spirit who will be with you all the time. And the Holy Spirit will be with you, will guide you, will comfort you. And these are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. As believers, as Christians, as, as people who believe in him, this fruit are to be found in us. If we don't have peace, that's why you see people are going crazy. Some people, when they don't have peace, they say, what can I do? They go in the world and drinking and do all this crazy nonsense because they don't have peace. And the world yet can't give peace, but the peace which God gives in the gospel is to say, the peace which I give to you, the world can't give. Then only God, only Christ himself, is the one who gives the perfect peace to our lives. And which is being inspired, produced by the Holy Spirit. Because uh, I will give, send the Holy Spirit who will be with you. And we need to have this. Like gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Don't you know that some things happen in life? And some people will say, because I am a believer, everything is quite all right. No. We live in the world whereby it's crazy. You see? It's crazy. From nowhere you will be acting fine and someone will come, punch you in one side and you're on the ground. You say, what happened right here? You, you don't even know what happened. What did I do wrong? You did not do anything wrong, but it's just we live in the world which is crazy. But what are you going to do about it? You know, when you used to live in the world, then you would say, now this is the time to remember about what I used to do. But this is not what you have to do. That's whereby you say, you have the spirit of God, which is in you. That's whereby self-control is to function now in your life and in my life. And I remember I was working with someone. Whatever happened there, I can't go in details. And it was like mercy. He got so mad. And uh, he said, why these people there are to put this on me? And I have to go, why not their son to do this? You know, what's so crazy there. And he's now driving and the trailer is behind. He is lashing and he's mad. No self-control. Then all of a sudden as lashing driving, the trailer went and hit on the tree. And now where he was lashing to go now is more drained. Do you see right there? And I said, just get calm, bud. Get calm. He said, oh, it's so easy for you to say get calm. I said, how so? He said, because you ask. Always is everything okay. You are just calm as like nothing is happening. So that, that's why it's easier for you to say Oh, come, but I say, oh, is that right? I say, things happen. But do you know what? We have someone who makes us to come, calm down. And that is the spirit of God. 
if you would have the same, that will give you to get calm down. You see, things in life will happen, but we have the Spirit of God. That's why we are to have this fruit in us. Amen? And it's a faithfulness. It's not necessarily that things will be crazy, but yet we are to be faithful to our God. Despite the craziness, no matter how things may be messy, but we need to be faithful to our God, knowing that our God is faithful. See, he talked that he, he is a true vine. Why would you be running around if you know that he, the one I believe in is true and is faithful? He never changed. Is the same yesterday and today and forever. Why would you go crazy and messy knowing that the one you believe in is a true vine, is faithful, and he promised to say, I will be with you until the end of the age. That's what we need to believe. And I can guarantee and promise you, if I had to ask you a question, will things go crazy? Yes, it will. But will you believe Jesus? Yes, you need to believe in Jesus. No matter how things might be. Amen. But now he keep on going. If we go, he say, doing good deed. He said, doing good deed. We are also to be doing good deed. All these things will be part of the fruit. The fruit, what the fruit is, can be doing good deed. I know people in the world also sometimes can do some good deed, but don't think that because they are doing good deed, then they believe in Jesus. Some can just do good deed. But yet they don't believe in God, in Christ. That's whereby sometimes as believers, we get deceived by seeing how people are doing good deeds and we say, Oh, there might also be believer. There might also be Christian. But we end up not sharing the good news to them just because they are doing good deeds. But we are to do good deeds. And in, um, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he said, For we are the workmanship created in Christ. In Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk on it. This is, this is God who created. He is a workmanship, masterpiece. He created all these things to work. You know, this is just beautiful that God prepared all this beforehand. Just imagine how special and how special we are that God would just create and he wanted to work with us. And he prepared all this good work that we can work with him in order for him to receive glory by how you are doing your work. Amen? And it's not just only you doing, but it's him working in us and through us. And we are to be willing and submissive to him. Sometimes God will send you to do something 
whereby you are not even comfortable to do it. But the question, are we going to be willing to do it? And somebody will say, well, uh, let me wait. It's, it's tough to go there. It's crazy. I can do. But we are to be willing. Because it's not you or I who will be doing, but that's Christ who will be working through our lives. And uh, in uh, Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, then he say, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing, pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Then you see, this is Paul speaking now to the church of Cross and say, this good fruit, being fruitful. You know, whatever they are doing, whether preaching, all this, he said, being fruitful or sharing and being good to one another, the fellowship which, which they are, whereby they are having or sharing, speaking their gospel to others, or whatever they are having, they are doing, not doing evil to evil. But all this is say, I am very pleased and it will be pleasing when I come to you or when I visit you that you are doing good. This is fruit to his life. It's not just only to him, but to God as well. You know, just imagine, I know you are the church and which is called, I like just because they say heritage, right? Okay, so which means that we inherited something. I think that's what I would say. I, so, and we, it is beautiful because we are the inheritance in the kingdom of God. That's beautiful, right? So now, when, when we talk about all this part of being, let's say, inheritance as their body, as their church, and you have your pastor. He is giving the divine word of God. Why do we get that word? So that we can go out and share the same message. And when you go and share with other people, and they receive Jesus Christ, the following day or week, they come now here, those people get served. Do you know what happened? You, a pastor, get excited. It's not just only him, but even in heaven, God gets glory. So sometimes we get so calm and we forget even to share the gospel with other people. But yet, the message we receive every Sunday or whatever time for Bible study is not just only for you to enjoy and say, wow, this was wonderful. But what are you going to do it about being so wonderful? We get that, we enjoy that so that we can be strengthened in our spirit and go out and tell people about their good news. And the church of God will grow and will multiply as we go out and tell people, and even Jesus did not say, sit down and make disciples. 
He did not say that. He said, go out and make disciples. Did he say he said, sit down? No. He said, go out and make disciples. But we are switching the word crazy us as believers. We are switching that and say, sit down and make disciples. Where did we get that? That is the deception which the enemy tried to bring in our minds and even in our hearts. And we are afraid of going out. When we get the word of God here every day, this is to help us get strengthened, prepared to go out and share the good news with other people. If I would be asking the question, how many people have you shared with about Jesus this week? What about last month? What about this year? It's not just about coming to church and enjoy the presence of God. Say, wow, the presence of God was so strong today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We enjoy the presence of God. Yes, this is good. But we are to go out there and tell people about the good news. And that is what Jesus is looking from each and every one of us, that we go out there and tell people about the good news. How to produce fruit. How to produce fruit. And there are different levels of producing fruit. And these are the people we have in their body, even today. We have those people today. Maybe even in this room today, we may have this kind of people whereby Jesus may be speaking to our lives today. Just as the way he was speaking to the disciples. In all these people, who were in the area he was speaking to, in this very same book, John chapter 15, then we have these people who were to produce fruit. And how do we produce fruit? And what are the levels of people who are to produce fruit? What do we find in these people in the church? And how can we get to the position that we can produce the fruit which Christ needs that we should be producing. You know, sometimes we just plan to say, I will produce the fruit the way I want to. But that's not the case. You, here the Bible is very clear and say, you can do nothing without him. You can do nothing. I can do nothing without him. But we are being taught on how we can generate or produce the fruit. We have different levels. We have the parable in the, in the gospel of Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower. The one who was sowing, Jesus Christ, is, he is putting a parable whereby he was scattering seed in every area. And 
Because where Jesus was, was it's more like agriculture place. I can literally read with the area, the country where I am from. I understand so much about agriculture stuff because I grow stuff there. So I understand much about agriculture. So in order to give people the example to understand about the fruit and all what Jesus was speaking, you have to use the form of what people can understand. That's why Jesus was using the example or the parable of what they could understand because they were in agriculture status. But now, if we put an example in this area about agriculture, there are few people who understand about agriculture. But when you talk about industry stuff and technology, that's what people really understand here anyway. So, but this is the thing whereby Jesus is speaking to them about their parable, sowing seeds everywhere. Some seeds fell in the thorns and some fell in on the rock or some in the path. All this and some fell in good soil. Then all, all this seed which fell in different areas then had something to produce. But you see, if you look on this verse 20, verse 20 say. There are some seed which produce 30. Am I speaking right? 30, right? 30. Sometimes in our country, some people will say 30 or 30. But I'm saying 30. Am I saying right? All right. Wonderful. 30. Wonderful. Okay. Then some produce 30 and some produce 60. And some hundred. Okay. Now just imagine. These are different people in the team whereby Jesus is speaking to. It's very important that we understand that as a church. Some people come to church. Yes, they believe in Jesus. They believe in God. But yet in the way we are doing there are some in the service to Christ, they just do very little. And some don't do at all. They do nothing. But yet they believe in Jesus, but they do nothing. But we have some who are able to do something little. And those are the people who are, have produced 30. Then you see some they have produced 60. Some they are committed and knowing that what Jesus would need me to do is this. Then they reach to that maximum of getting 60. But some, they produce 100. The question is, why some produce 30 and some 60 and some 100? Their service to Christ. And what is Christ inquiring from you and I? Would you think that Christ is looking for you to produce nothing? What is the purpose of Christ saving you and saving me from sin? What is the purpose for you and I to be here 
or to be chosen as children of God. Why? Why are you here? What is the purpose? Are you just here that if I don't show up today, Pastor John will say, where is this person? Or maybe you just come for the sake of fulfilling that, well, I, my grandfather used to go there, also I need to be going. But yet, you are not doing the best as the way Christ would need you to be doing. And the question is, in this four categories of those who are doing nothing, yet they are believing, and some are doing something, but yet are able to produce 30, and some 60, some 100, where are you? And where are we? And that answer, I can't really answer for you, and you can't answer for me, it is for you to bring before the Lord. Why are you there? If you are doing nothing, why? Maybe you have lost something. Amen? And some say, now you are stopping on our toes, right? That's a step on our toes. Okay. If you couldn't wait to be in the house of the Lord when you gave your life to Christ, maybe it was just only me. I don't know about you. If you couldn't wait to be in the house of the Lord when you first gave your life to Christ, and now, you are no longer waiting to say, oh, I can't wait to be in the house of the Lord. What happened to you? If you couldn't wait to share with someone about what God has done to your life, and now you are no longer sharing with people, are they all dead in the world and you are only you? No, they are still out there. Why? Are we not excited to share the good news or the testimony of what Jesus has done to your life? If you are not doing, why? And what happened to your life or what happened to my life? That is the question we should be asking as believers. Maybe there are some disconnection between the vine, you and I as branches, maybe there are some disconnection between with the vine that would explain why we are no longer excited or why we are no longer producing fruit. But Jesus need each and every one of us to produce fruit. There is no asking. This is telling us that we are to produce fruit. And somebody would say, why would you say, this is Jesus who was speaking to his disciples, 
So, the same word which Jesus spoke does not lose value. The value of the word is still solid, is still operating, has the same power, and we are to do exactly as Jesus commanded his disciples to do. There is no changing. No changing. Jesus expects fruit from us. And how can we do it? The answer is very simple. Let's join ourselves to the vine. Who is the vine? Jesus Christ. Is not a fake vine. Is not a false vine. But is true vine. Because he said, I am the true vine. He is true vine. We are to abide in him. Then when we abide in him, we will automatically produce fruit. Because the word abide, the word abide is to remain in him. Is about relationship with him. If our relationship is getting scrambled by the world stuff, that's whereby we end up not doing what we are supposed to be doing. Let's be realistic and be real, will we? Where is our relationship with Jesus? Where are we? Where are we? Amen. Where are we? In um, in Second Corinthians chapter five, he say, "Therefore, if everyone, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation, right?" It's a creation. It's a new creation. The old things has passed away. The new, th- the new things has come. You know, when we come and join with Christ, the old things are gone, but new things has come. We become new people. But now what happens is that... Uh, When we become new, sometimes we end up getting entangled by the things of the world, the cares of this world. And all these things end up tripping us from producing fruit. And instead of producing fruit, we end up tangled with worldly things. And some things may not be called sin, but will just be normal things. You keep us busy and end up losing the focus of what Jesus is calling us to do. But it's not called sin. But it entangles us from doing what Jesus is calling us to do. We need to examine our lives that we don't get entangled by all those things. Amen.
we we see that on this on this four we have people who produce no fruit but now they are producing fruit on this five and from no fruit then now they come to produce fruit just fruit and on this two then he say two more fruit they were producing just fruit but now he say more fruit then on this five again he say much fruit so there are category of fruit which we are to some produce just little fruit and some come to the part of producing nothing at all some produce some then now there are more and some say much fruit then when you come to this there is a positive side of whereby John say chapter 5 verse 7 he say if you abide in me he say you will ask whatever you want and your answer will be granted to you will be answered this is the time to pray to say god save people in this community right amen you know i know most of the time it's not bad to pray for our own needs i don't know whether to have fancy car car is good but anyway those things is not important as seeing people being saved when you see people are being saved oh this is beautiful and we go for baptism baptize them you see them being filled with the power of the holy ghost man there's nothing beautiful than that i just get so excited and the whole body i don't know they say start tingling right just become like itchy my bones start to get itchy seeing people being saved that's beautiful because it's not just like us being excited man the whole heaven become so excited and joyous seeing people being saved and that's us we need to pray for the community that we see people being saved and just only praying is not enough some people will say oh well i pray for the community that god will save The Bible is very clear. Yes, we are to pray. But what does it say? He say, "Blessed is the feet which are going out." Amen. Then when we pray, then we need also to go out and speak to them about this good news, about Jesus, of what he has done to our lives. When we go in verse 15:8 it say, "God the Father is glorified." When we produce fruit, when we speak to people about the good news of Jesus Christ, when we speak about Jesus and what God has done to your life and the power miracles which John involves in his message, he say the father in heaven, he get glory. He get glorified because of what you are doing. Amen. When you are speaking it's not just about you it's not about you or I it's not about for us to get any glory all glory goes to him he get pride on what we are doing so whatever you are doing do it right knowing that this is pleasing to the lord not only to you 
even though to you and I we benefit being also happy over joy with him to see the fruit of what God has done, but our father get pride in that. Believe me, and as I believe also in the father, that our father get glory and he overjoy. He get pride in you as you do what has called you to do, what has called us to do. Amen. Then we go in John 15, 8, he say, he don't end there. He say, he proved to prove to be my disciples. Jesus did not just talk about it. The God the Father receive or get glory, honor, as you serve, as you produce fruit. But he said, you prove also to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? The word disciples is basically discipline. You are being disciplined. What you were doing, you live and you follow. Every people Jesus mentioned or called them, whatever they were doing, he said, leave that, follow me. He did not say stay there. Sometimes we share with people about Jesus and we leave them out there. No, that's not enough. Where are we going to disciple? Jesus needed to disciple people. So that when he's gone, those people will be doing exactly what he was doing. It's not just enough to share with people to say, hey, God bless you. And when people say, God bless you too, you say, I think he might be saved. No, it's not enough. Speak to them, let them know Jesus, and say, follow me. And they should come here. Sit on that chair you are sitting. So that now, Pastor John would now start discipling them. Amen. He said, this is what you are to do. This is what the word of God says. And you know, we don't usually go and we are shy to tell people. I have been talking to some people and they say, you know, come, 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 come to my church. You know Jesus. And they say, where are you going? Some people yesterday, they were like, do you want to work tomorrow? I say, what are you talking about? I know Jesus. I know God. This is beautiful day. And we have to go and fellowship with brothers in Christ and as well to enjoy the presence of God. So they say, you know, they, he paid very well. I say, man, I would not buy over my time with God and fellowship with my fellow brothers, even though man is so good, but that I can't replace with my God. So they were like, oh, wow. Where do you go? Where are you going? I say, I'm going to uh, Azembrace of God. He said, oh, where is it? I said, it's uniform. Okay. I said, also, you are invited to come and join us. You will enjoy. You will not regret that you came. You see, we are not too shy to invite people. Invite them. You speak to them about Jesus. Invite them. Let them come and enjoy the presence of God so that they can be discipled. You know, it's very easy for all of us to be Christians. Very easy. And sit on the benches. But to be disciples is totally different thing. 
Amen. People want to go away with whatever they want to do because they are not disciplined. They just want to live their own life. Not their life which is pleasing to Jesus or not their life which Jesus Christ needs them to do. But we need to live to our own. But we forget that the Father said, I own everything you have, I own. You see that? He said he is a vine dresser. What does the vine dresser do? Their plot, their branches, their vine has nothing to do. Can't say, I need to do this. Have you ever seen the vine saying, now there is so much weed here. Can you cultivate around me? Have you seen that? It does not happen. All of the branches should say, release some more water to my branch here so that I can... No, it does not happen. The one who is responsible for the vine and the branches, that is the vine dresser. Who is that? That is the father. He is responsible for that. The father is responsible for your life. And sometimes we end up taking our lives to be we own our own. And we say, do you know what I have done to get in the position I am now? I have worked so hard. For the nine years I have worked to build my life. Get out here. You did not build any life. If Jesus would have taken you down, you would not be where you are. It is because God spared your life. Even if you are little wisdom you have to whatever you were doing, you don't have any blend. The blend you have is Jesus who gave it to you. And whatever you own, some people are so crazy and they, they think, but they don't even think at the same time. Because of where their life are, the riches they have, the wealth they have, and how good they are, then they say, I own this, and they are even working. I, I made myself, I built my life. You did not. Don't even dare be saying that. Because God can take those down and you will not have. But it is God's grace and mercy who made you to be where you are. And you need to be thanking him to say, whatever you own does not belong to you. You need to be involving to say, well, by God's help, I am where I am because of him. And sometimes we become so stingy and fighting to say, even when they come to say, let's give to the mission, all of the community, people in, in the community, something need. We need to reach out in the community. Well, to reach out there, we need finances. Okay, how much do we need? We need some, maybe 20,000 bucks or, uh, or maybe uh, 40,000 or maybe 5,000. And people say, well, I can't give. They will give the change. Of what they can't use anything, even you can't buy tea with that. That's what they give for the mission. But when they say, buy something else, oh, they will use it for something which is not even reasonable. They have something, 
but they need also something. Whereby what they have is the same of what they are getting used for the same purpose. Why are you wasting money for that? But when God is calling you to do the mission that we need what you have that should be used for his mission, we are so stingy and like I own. You don't own anything because that is God who gave to you. Then when God wants us to get to step in, let's give to him. Amen. And Paul is saying that I am not asking that you give something to me. This is Paul. He said, but this has to be accounted and fruit to your own account. That's what he's saying. To your own account. Whatever you do is not just only for this mission, but is also credited to our own account that our God might receive glory. What do we have? What we have need to be used for his kingdom. Even your body is not your own because you are the temple of God. You don't own your body. Your body also belongs to God. Amen. Can you just imagine? Your own body is not yours. Belongs to God. So therefore, God must be glorified through our body. Your time is not your time. We spend so much time to our nonsense things of our lives. But when it comes to God, or maybe it's Bible study, we say, I am so busy, I can't come to Bible study. What are you doing? You were just driving down, doing something which is nonsense. And whereby God, people you fellowship with, could have been really blessed if you could have come. Do you know that we bless one another when we see each other? Just to see you is a blessing. And I can just imagine, I don't know, I don't come usually to this church, but I can just imagine what Pastor John goes through if he calls for Bible study, no one show up. But look who all these people in this room. And find that two, three, four people come for Bible study. What is going on? And everyone is so busy with his own life. This is the place whereby as a church, we are here to examine ourselves. We are learning after the things of the world. Whereby Paul was in the world, he said, all these things are garbages. Can you just imagine? I love you, Paul. You did a wonderful job. You knew what you were saying. He said, all these things are garbages. Do you know what garbage is? I love this version, which say garbage. And some say rubbish, right? They say rubbish, right? Am I speaking right? They say rubbish. But I like better which sound garbage. That sounds good. He said, you run after all this which are garbage. You know, we run after the treasure of this world, all the treasure, which are garbages. Why? Then Paul, that's where he was. And he saw and tested and knew that all these things are nothing to compare with the great and knowledge 
which is in Christ Jesus. Because it's so rewarding. When we get in heaven, everyone will give an account to the throne and judgment of God. And all our works we have been doing, we will be judged. If you were not doing right, that's whereby all the works which you have been doing will go through the fire. And it will be tested through the fire. And that's whereby you will find that out of all the time you spend in the church saying, I am a Christian, you will find that you have no reward, nothing. But yet you have been in the church for how many years? Ten years or 70 years. But there is nothing. And someone who has been in the church for one year, you will find that he's having 100 words because he was committed. And he saw that all these things of the world are garbage. Why are we learning after garbages? Even if I had to take something from garbage and say, eat now, would you eat those things? You will say no, because they are garbages, right? But for us, we are going to run after garbages whereby we, have, we said no more, but we go back to those things. How crazy are we? Can we think, wait a minute and think about this and examine our lives? Amen. And just imagine, there is a word which is called theulo and which is Greek word. And that word means, literally, means to prune. He said, pruning is not an easy thing. It can be painful. There are times whereby it's coming, God will use his own pruning to prune us. But it's not pruning that he, he destroy you, but he will prune. Pruning sometimes can come in a very hard way. But you don't want that to happen in our lives, that God comes to prune us, because it will be painful. And that will may lead us to the direction where God wants us to be. And in other way, what it means is to take away. All he can say, you are just doing nothing here. It's time to bring you home. Do you know where home is? In heaven. He said, because you are doing nothing, I have waited that you would do this and produce this, and you have not done. It's just better for you to go home. And it will be shameful when we go home while we had all the time to do what Christ called us to do, but without doing that. Amen. Then I need, to, I need us to take a moment, examine our lives, examine our hearts. And I, I am sure and I believe that God has been speaking to each and every one of us. I am not talking about what position are you in. But I am talking about, yes, we can be leaders. We even as leaders, as we are called children of God, and all we are believers. Also, we are to examine what 
as things happen around us, we are to examine our hearts. Maybe we have not been committed the way we should be. That's the time whereby we say, God, I need you to search my heart. And what would you need me to do? Then God will help and lead us on how to do. And the only thing, ask him, and we should join with him, in him as a true vine. And direct us. If we have not been testifying, we should start testifying. If we have not been fellowshipping, we should start fellowshipping. If something has been repressed God in your life, pluck that out and put God in so that he should be the leader of our lives. Then be disciples of Jesus Christ so that whatever he tells us to do, then we do it without questioning why but to say, yes, Jesus, you are our master. Whatever you tell us to do, we will do it. That's what God wants us this morning to do it. Amen? Let's bow our heart, our head. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. You love us so much so that you care about our lives. And you desire to have intimacy, relationship with us. And it's not just about salvation, but it's about having relationship with you so that we can shine for you in the world, O oh God. Then we thank you and we pray that God, by your power and your spirit, O oh God, may you continue to speak and minister to us as the body, in corporate and even individual. That you change and transform our lives. As in the book of John, you showed so many miracles and recorded and some were unrecorded and some were recorded so that people who follow might believe that you are the son of God. Then we pray that this morning, oh God, may you do the miracle in our lives. Even though there are things in our lives which has been entangling us from doing what you are calling us to do. And it has been hard to get out or to step out of it. I pray by the power and supernatural touch of God to come down today, this day, and break down all those powers of darkness which comes and entangling us with all worldly pressures. We pray that, Jesus, you will make light in our lives. 
You will make known yourself to our lives. Touch our hearts, O God, that we may do what you are calling us to do and pleasing to you, O God, conducting ourselves healthy, worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. I pray for the leadership of this church today, O God, the leadership of this church in the name of Jesus, that God, you will strengthen them, O God. Even in during this time, O God, I pray for strength upon them, O God. Even when we feel weak, O God, we feel like things are not working the way they should be, O God. We can do so much, O God, where we reach with our strength. We call you, O God, to start with your power, empowering us, O God, strengthening, O God, strengthen the readers and empower the whole body. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Amen. God bless you. encourage you in this upcoming week specifically if you are feeling unattached from the vine finding yourself far away or maybe you feel you're not producing fruit take some time in this next week to get reconnected allow God to begin a work in you anew again maybe a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit is what you need in order to produce that fruit Secondly, once you've reattached to the vine, there should be some fruit coming from your life. 30, 60, 90 times more. And so I want to encourage God in this week to look for those opportunities where you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ and bear fruit in someone else's life as well. This morning, I want to, we've already been prayed over. I want to encourage you that in this next week. If you're feeling a little distant from God, if you're sensing that you're not producing fruit, to reattach this week. Spend some time in God's Word. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time getting that.